Hello and welcome to the Nourish Gut Podcast. This space is for you if you suffer from digestive issues such as IBS, SIBO or even bowel disease. This is also the place for you if you're thinking about having a baby or if you have young children and would like to learn more about the infant microbiome. I am your host, Carly Raven. I'm a naturopath, clinical nutritionist, gut health expert and mother. My mission is to resolve complex gut health issues and reduce the prevalence of gut disorders by educating parents just about how vital gut health is in infants. So, if you're ready to get your shit together, please grab a cup of tea, sit back and enjoy, and let's improve our guts together. Hello and welcome to 2022 and the very first episode for the year. This episode, I am doing something a little bit different for you guys. I'm actually bringing on a guest and her name is Brittany. She was a member of my Nourish Gut program during 2021 and resolved her constipation, bloating and food intolerances. Little bit of a sneaky, um, you know, sneak peek. Um, she now eats dairy after a life of avoiding dairy. So that's pretty cool. So we're going to dive into uh, her experience on the program and how she's actually overcome a lot of the digestive issues that she has. Um, we discovered in Britt's case that she had what's called um, colonic methane overgrowth, and that was one of the driving factors for her constipation. Um, but I'm going to leave all of the juicy goss and details um, about Brittany for our, uh, the episode. And yeah, I really, really hope that you find this inspiring. And um, I think one of the biggest things you can take away from this of, you know, if you're like Brittany and you've been suffering from a really, really long time, you can finally find, you know, a resolution. And sometimes you just have to do a little bit more investigating and digging deeper. And as you'll find out in this episode, make some really big changes. And, you know, sometimes that's not always going to be easy. So I'm really excited about this interview. Thank you so much to Brittany for joining us. And yeah, let's jump into it. Hi, Britt. How are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you, Carly? Good, thank you. A massive thank you for coming on to the Nourish Gut podcast to share a little bit about your journey working with me and being part of the Nourish Gut program throughout part of this year. It's my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> and um, just for all of the listeners um, listening in today, Britt's currently um, over in Canada, which is kind of cool. So um, she originally, um, she's over there visiting her family. So she lives over in WA with her family. Um, but yeah, she's tuning in from all the way in Canada, which is pretty cool. I am. And it is literally very cool. It is cold outside. <laughs> Very different to us here in 30 degree heat already in Australia. <laughs> um, so I thought I would start by asking, um, maybe just like tell us a little bit about you um, and maybe how you found me as a naturopath um, and what kind of drew you to getting me to help you with your gut health issues. Sure. So like you said, my name's Brittany. I am 31 years old. And I am from Canada originally, but I live in Western Australia with my family. 
I married an Australian um, man and had a toddler who is now almost three years old. Um, so yeah, I've lived in Australia for something like 10 years. So most of my life has adjusted to being an Australian and finding services that help me within Australia. Um, so I found you when I was looking on Instagram, I was looking at naturopaths and different people just cruising Instagram as I do and came across you there as well as lots of other naturopaths. But I guess I just noticed your kind of niche and who you were speaking to more. And I think it was one of your posts about how IBS could be um, actually hiding SIBO, I suppose you would put it. Um, and the more you talked about SIBO, the more I was like, oh my God, I think that's me. I was never formally di diagnosed with IBS. I think I had just like self-diagnosed it. I knew I was, um, as they told me, lactose intolerant. And I knew I had lots of gut health problems. My husband was constantly trying to repair me. He was always <laughs> bringing home fiber, 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 thinking that if he gave me more fiber, everything would fix itself, um, which was sweet of him. But I knew there had to be more. And I guess I just had never taken the right actions. I had seen a naturopath um, previously when I was attempting to get pregnant. But um, that relationship didn't really last long as I was traveling for it. So I knew that that style wouldn't work for me again. As I live regionally, traveling to Perth wasn't really an option. So I started to look virtually. And that is when I found you. And I started to resonate with your content. And I, it just sounded like you were talking to me when it came to some of the gut health issues. So that's when I reached out and I guess we started talking about your program. So awesome. And it's always really nice to know that because, you know, we invest so much time and effort into Instagram and it's a job in itself. So it's really nice to know that um, the content um, is resonating. Um, yeah. So awesome. Yeah. Um, what, uh, prior to joining the program, tell us a little bit more about kind of like the nitty gritty of like what you were struggling most with, like, cause obviously you had gut health issues, but did you want to share maybe a little bit about, um, how you felt as somebody who was self-diagnosed with IBS? Yeah, sure. I guess for me, that just looked like years of years and years and years, like decades of chronic constipation. I had never really had a regular schedule for myself, which I didn't really know was not normal until I started living with my now husband and he was like, this is not normal. <laughs> um, you know how some people are just so like regimented in that schedule. And for him, it was just so strange. Um, so I realized quite quickly that, yeah, I must have had chronic constipation again was self-diagnosed with that. Um, I always had very bad skin and it wasn't just on my face, but my back. And I remember being in high school and going to semi-formals and that's when the weather is getting nicer in Canada and wanting to wear like a halter dress or a spaghetti strap dress. But I'd always have to wear a cardigan with it because I had acne on my back. And at the time, I just thought that was because I played ice hockey and I would sweat a lot. And like, I don't know, at that time when I was going to semi-formals, I wasn't even playing hockey. So it was just excuses and a lack of understanding as to why I probably was experiencing that stuff. Um, so I always had pretty bad skin. And then when I reached out to you, I was at a pretty bad low. I think the pandemic hadn't helped my situation. 
I was pretty desperate to get home. I had had my baby and I just wanted to bring her here to meet my family. Um, so for the first time I was diagnosed with depression and I have always had anxiety, but I was dealing with depression quite often. And I guess that was something you had spoken about how your mental health and your gut health are connected. And when we first sat down and talked, I did not believe that that would change my mental health at all. Um, I thought that was just like a myth. There was no way. So I was um, living with those things, constipation, depression, anxiety. My skin was starting to improve because I had a better skincare regime, but it still wasn't great. Um, and yeah, that was kind of what I was working with when I came to you. And it's interesting because there's so many, um, you know, a lot about what I talk about all of the time is how, you know, IBS doesn't just always give us um, gut symptoms and it can affect different systems in our body, like our mental health and skin. So it's a really great example of how, you know, once we start to fix our gut, um, we can start to see improvements in other systems. So um, what about, did you have any hesitations uh, before joining the program? Like perhaps we'd kind of spoken and you were like, like thinking about anything. Um, and like, was there anything that held you back? Well, I guess nothing really held me back because I knew I wanted to do it and I knew I needed to do it. But I was hesitant because we're quite, so well, my husband's not very social. I'm very social. Um, and it was a really busy period for us. So there was weddings and events happening. I mean, I remember I this. On? I remember like yeah. even when you had joined the program and it was like, oh, I have a wedding. Can you please help me and coach me? What do I eat and what do I drink? And I went to it and there was a gin bar and I sent you a picture and I was like, there's a gin <laughs> bar. And you were like, yes, this is what you need to make yourself. Um, <laughs> so, so in my good. head, I was kind of like, how am I going to change my lifestyle? Because as much as I don't think my lifestyle was bad, it included stuff that I knew you weren't going to be happy with. Um, and that was just from kind of like gauging from your posts and stuff, knowing that I would have to change. Like, there's no way we could change all these internal things unless I change some things as well. Um, so I was a bit hesitant with that. Of course, the like cost plays in your mind. But when I sat down with my husband and he's like, it's your health, like, honest to God, it's worth anything in the world. So it's like, just don't even worry about the price. You just pay for it because down the road it will be worth it anyways so that wasn't a huge hesitation at the end of the day the hesitation with me was more like giving up the things I love or thinking I had to give up those things mm. and I think that's a normal way to feel because change does always feel uncomfortable but I think mm. um, if you get to the point where things are you know, really, really not feeling great, like the position that you were in. I think that, um, you know, you can kind of overcome that and hopefully at some point take that leap of faith, um, you know, and overcome that uh, feeling of uncomfortableness. Because um, did you experience that even throughout the program? Like when you had, obviously you then jumped in um, and then had to start making some lifestyle changes. Um, did you find that challenging throughout or did yeah were you surprised I think it was surprising but it was mm -hmm. motivating so I'm sure we'll talk about it later but like we have a group set up where you're talking in a group chat with people and they motivated me because there was people a bit ahead of me in the program and people starting at the same time and as, the, as much as they were challenged they were seeing really good outcomes so it was nice to see that so as much as I was like oh this might be difficult or this is hard right now. I knew it would benefit me. Um, but yeah, there were definitely like challenges when it came to giving up stuff, but 
I knew that it was short term. I think that was it. Like you made it very clear that it was what we had to do to get my body kind of sorted was like we needed to do a pretty intensive fit at the beginning and then you rest with it. Mm-hmm. You maintain. That's mm-hmm. what we're maintaining. Um, so, yeah, I guess challenging but not really challenging (laughs) and challenging those um habits because a lot about what I talk about is that you know we operate so much from our subconscious brain um and we've really got to tap into that conscious uh area um and that takes consistency um and you definitely achieve some big goals um but you know it's not always smooth sailing but that's that's health. Um, mm. So yeah, I'm very proud of you. So what did your lifestyle look like before joining the program? Like what may be some key things that um, you were most worried about changing? Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee. I am a very caffeinated human. I run off caffeine um, and I knew you were going to try to take most of it away from me but I actually did okay with that there were days where I just wanted to like binge drink coffee um but it wasn't too bad like I was still allowed to have coffee just not to the levels I was having so I was drinking too much coffee um wine like I love wine so I was having wine like I wouldn't say every single night but I enjoy a glass of wine after Eliza goes to bed if Clark's having a beer but yeah that wasn't every night it was just a couple nights a week maybe and that wasn't really challenging it was just something that was like I love wine like I really love it and I'll be really sad to not try new ones but that's been good for me too um and I think the other part of my lifestyle was just like going out when I could I'm in a small town so there's not a huge amount of options but when our friends are going to like the pub for dinner we'll always go. Or if I'm working and I have to run downtown, I might grab something from a cafe for lunch. So my lifestyle really just looked like that. Like uh, not really a lot of eating out. There's no fast food where we live. So it was like homemade food, but it was eating a bit of that. We ate full proper meals for dinner each night. Um, I wasn't eating breakfast good enough, but I guess I wasn't really doing the whole like nourished 40 or the like where I'm having a whole lot of diversity in it, I got really just routine with our meals. As you do as a mom, I think like you rotate through them and I was doing that and I wasn't really experimenting anymore. But yeah, my lifestyle, I think it was pretty normal to be honest, pretty normal. Yes, it's very typical, especially for a mom. Yeah. And what were some of the changes and what are some kind of things that you were really proud of that during the time that we were working together that you achieved? And, um, yeah, how did you feel throughout it? Yeah, so I think, like, the first thing I was proud of was that, like, I went out and got myself a journal so I could, like, write down things and I left that at the kitchen table. And that helped with taking the supplements and with like tracking what I was eating. Cause I guess that was one thing in my lifestyle. I didn't mention I was skipping a lot of meals during my work day. So if I didn't run downtown and get something and there wasn't leftovers in the fridge, I wouldn't eat them. Um, or yeah, I wouldn't eat at all. Um, and I think like many moms, I would give what was in the fridge to my husband for his lunch or to, to my daughter for her lunch. So I wouldn't worry about myself. So I was tracking if I was eating enough food um and I was making more of an effort to prep 
different foods. Um, you gave us all the recipes and everything we needed and told us about some apps, which I got, which I found really helpful. So I think taking that initiative, because you still tell us what to do, we still have to do it. So I was priding myself for actually like doing it and not just sitting on my thumb. Um, and yeah, I don't know. So after I like started making those changes, I guess I noticed no bloating and that was the quickest thing to notice for me. And I think just like the constipation, I didn't know not being bloated was like what you're supposed to be. I think I just thought that like every normal person bloated. Mm -hmm. um, so I noticed no bloating and I was like, this is very strange. And then I realized <laughs> that like the six week mark that there was no flatulence. Like mm, I just like, so cool. wasn't like there was none. And I was like, this is so weird. Um, and then of course, um, the increased bowel movements that came with it. But it was all very And exciting. this was while still having, you know, like there were major diet changes and there was still a little bit of coffee. Um, oh, yeah. And at that point, even like some of these changes started before my results had even come in. Mm, um, in the first month. So like, yeah. So when we're just following like your kind of pre-prescription almost with food, like it's really focused on food because you don't really have the root cause yet. Um, so once I started following your nourish gut plan, I started noticing those changes. And then once we had the prescriptions added in, things changed more. Mm. Um, what so was, was some really, of the things? Really cool. Oh, sorry, you go. <laughs> I thought that was it. I said it was just really cool. <laughs> Um, what were some of the things that, um, obviously after that first month and starting to make some really good lifestyle and dietary changes, and then obviously we got some of your results back, um, and then we kind of dug even further. What were some of the key things that we kind of found, um, that I guess was driving your digestive issues? And can you tell us a little bit about your experience? Uh, you know, once we kind of upped the ante uh, with your treatment plan, we were kind of in, you know, months two, three and four, I suppose. Yeah. So I think you could probably explain some of it better than me, but I, I didn't have SIBO. I had emo. <laughs> yeah so that's um and, for everybody listening that's <laughs> intestinal methane overgrowth uh more in the, the large bowel um uh, rather than a uh positive SIBO result um and that was uh if you're not quite up to speed um with you know the different types of SIBO uh when we find an increased uh level of methanogens bacteria in the large bowel um it can be more uh it can cause constipation and a lot of bloating and fermentation um, in our patients. So we kind of identified for Brit that there was definitely that colonic methanogen overgrowth driving her constipation. Yeah. And I think I remember when you got the results, you kind of sent me a message and you were like, oh, it's so juicy. Like I can't <laughs> wait to our appointment. And I was so like, in that moment, you feel almost like relieved. Because you know deep down, and I know you're going to introduce, or I saw that you're introducing tests so people can kind of get an idea before they come to you. But when I came to you, I really didn't know if I had anything wrong with me or if, yeah, I just like wasn't eating enough fiber. Um, so when you said like there's some juicy stuff happening, I was so relieved and like, whew, thank goodness it's not just like a bad diet or something silly. Um, but you also said to me, oh yeah and by the way you're not lactose intolerant and for 31 years I have 
been taking lactees and like avoiding all the beautiful cheesy dairy stuff which has been good because I think now it set me up for like that is a treat for me anyways Mm. but you were like you you don't have that um and yeah I think in months two three four whatever it was when we got a little bit more serious as we do that we were doing FODMAP for me so took away stuff, adding stuff in, which I thought was a really fun challenge because it meant cooking new foods, buying new foods, eliminating things. Um, and then it was really You did so well over, at it too. Like I do remember some of the challenges that you had and, you know, how I had to coach you through some of those things. Um, but overall, you just, you nailed it. Like even when you had I, your outings, you were like, I went and had a platter and I ate like the capsicum and I ate, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but then so one night good. I went, but there was one night, because I remember in our group calls, people would use the word flare up. And I think these were people with a bit more intense issues than me. And they were used to that word like flare up. And I wasn't. And so I went and had a platter at the beginning, I think after like we were three weeks into the six week FODMAP or the five week FODMAP, I'm not sure what it is. Um, And I was like, whatever, one night's not going to do anything and I'll eat what's here kind of in moderation. And that night I fully felt like I was dying. And I was like, holy crap, this is what they mean by a flare up. But when I said that to my husband, he was like, this used to happen to you fortnightly. Mm. Like, you just didn't have a word for it then. And you just thought it was like normal that like after eating for two weeks, this is how your body reacted to it. But because it was just more intense because my body had been doing such a good job at like kind of eliminating and getting my gut health, I don't know, stripped back so that we could repair it, I suppose, um, that it just really hurt me. So that night was a big eye opener to me. Like what you're doing to your body is serious right now and you have to keep doing it. And you were saying it to us too, like, you need to eliminate, but we need to do it properly because you can do damage. So it was really educational. And that night was a bit of a wake up call. Like you really have to be careful what you're doing. Um, But there were definitely times nearing the end when it starts to feel like it's been like a bit of a long process. And I started to slack a little bit and I stopped writing things down and I was like, oh crap, I'm not going to know what's bothered me that I've introduced because that meal might've had like four different groups in it that I should have been tracking but you're thinking about that stuff and you're not thinking about it in a negative way you're thinking about it in like a self-care kind of way like a Brittany you should know better because now you're going to have to kind of strip it back again to figure out if it was onions or garlic or what it was that might have upset you that day and you know right away when you've eaten something you shouldn't have or you've done it too quickly because you start to see those symptoms come back a little bit And because you haven't had those symptoms in so long, it's super noticeable when they happen. Mm, And it's so individual too. Like I find like, you know, and you probably notice this on the program, like I don't have like this cookie cutter mold or a box that every single patient fits into. And while some patients are doing the FODMAPs, there's other people doing biphasic or uh, sulfur-free or just avoiding more gluten and dairy depending on you know, what results they're getting back. Um, But even when you have a group of people, so I think as you were going through, there was maybe three or four others who were doing elements of the FODMAP as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And I always think it's interesting as a a coach and as a naturopath supporting you guys that you have very different journeys and uh, you 
always like react differently. Like your trigger foods are really different to the other ones. And I think was yours garlic and like garlic was a big one for you, wasn't it? It was, and I can eat it perfectly now. Yes. I, I like. Do you have like a tolerance perfectly. level though? Like, do you feel like if you were to have lots and lots of garlic that it would set you off a little bit or have you got it back in there completely? Um, I've got it. I've gotten it back in there normal. I just, I think when I'm mixing onion and garlic together, I'm a little bit conscious of how much I'm using mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Um, and there are definitely are like a few other things that I know every once in a while that I'm like, that's still not perfect with me yet, but kind of like, yeah, as time went on with the program, I got a bit slacker. Um, and like, you would have to call me, are you taking your prescription? Like, are you taking like, surprised you haven't asked me yet since I've been in Canada because <laughs> we came with a pile here but yeah I did get slacker and slacker and I think that's because as I started to see improvements I was like oh cool and you just kind of like hit a plateau again where you're happy because this new normal is really great but you have to remind yourself to keep going and that was probably one thing that I found to be a bit of a challenge for myself because you get happy with where you're at because mm. um, it is different yeah. But I mean, and sometimes like you said, you're it's like, so individual. Oh, absolutely. And, and sometimes you're, you know, I think that probably happens with everyone that I work with. It's kind of like they get to that level where they're like, oh, I f- they feel like they've accomplished everything. Um, mm. But for, from my aspect, I'm like, oh, we still got things to do, you know? So it's interesting. I've got to kind of pull you guys back in. Even though you're feeling really good, we still have to do, you know, nourishing the microbiome. And they're almost like the subtle things, um, you know, uh, and especially, um, you know, once you start to introduce food back in as well, everyone's like, whoa, (laughs) it goes a bit free reign and they get a little bit more normality back in. But it's also a really exciting part of the program to see, you know, everyone kind of climb that mountain, achieve it, get really uh, well, um, and then uh, introduce those foods back in, um, in a way that isn't, uh, you know, flaring up all of their symptoms. Yeah, it's huge. And so what surprised you most about the program? I think just like how well it worked. (laughs) Like overall, I feel like I came with like the full package, like my gut health was crap, my mental health was crap. There was physical signs on my body. And then, yeah, within no time, my body was working properly. My skin, like my skin combined with my skincare is like the best it's ever been. And I put it down to just like my gut health and a really consistent and good skincare routine together, just like working amazing. And then my mental health just improved dramatically, like overnight. So I think when we started, the doctor had prescribed me a few things and nothing really was working for me. Um, I didn't like the feeling of any of it, but within a couple weeks to a month of working with you, I didn't even feel the need for it anymore. Um, so when I came to Canada, I left it all at home. Um, like I don't, I don't grab for it. I don't want it. I don't feel like I need it in my normal life. So that changed. That was probably the biggest, like, at the time, because it was the biggest struggle, I had lived with gut health forever, gut health problems forever, as long as I can remember. But the mental health was what was dragging me down. So for me, that was the most noticeable difference because it was the thing I didn't think would change, I think. Mm. And what about your, um, can you tell us a little bit about the constipation and how what the journey was like there? Like, um, did that 
because I remember, you know, it, there was um, hiccups along the way. Like mm-hmm. I feel like you got really better and then you got a little bit more constipated, I suppose. I can't remember exactly when it was, maybe like month three or four. Um, when I got, you- when I, yeah, when I started to like get that cruisy feeling, like it's all good is kind of when it will start to come back. And that's when it was coming back again. And because it's second nature for me to have that, I don't really notice mm. if I've gone four days without having a bowel motion. Like I really don't, I don't notice. And then my husband will ask or I'll think about it and I'll go, oh, oh no. And I know that's because like, maybe I didn't take my supplements or I haven't really been eating three meals like I should be a day. And I've just lived off snacks or my stress is high and I've like allowed that to take over. Um, so yeah, it was a bit like of a roller coaster, but it's something I can recognize now. And I think more than that, it's something I know how to like quickly repair, which I never knew how to do before. Mm. Um, I tried everything from apple cider vinegar to those psyllium husks, like throw all <laughs> that stuff away. I know what I need to do. And I know now that there are like, I know you're a big advocate for like, you only do, if, if you're prescribed a FODMAP diet, it's short term, like weeks. It's nothing longer than that. But for me, I definitely know there's things that I could maintain within that that would do me really good. And that was just like different products and eating more of some things than other things. And when I was looking into like the FODMAP diet, I love to spend a little bit of money on food. So I was like looking at all these websites I could get FODMAP products from. And you were like, you don't need to buy fancy products. But I found this one brand and I fell in love with it, Mm -hmm. like visually. But then I realized it was an American brand. And I was like, oh, I can't get it. But it's actually in all this supermarket tier. So I've been buying that. I think it's FODI brand every once in a while. And I just notice when I have that, I just feel like better. Like if I were to make a big pasta and I use a fatty sauce instead of like a normal sauce, which is just like no garlic, no onions in it, I suppose, and a few other things. I feel a lot better, but I still use like a garlic oil. Like I still have garlic that day somewhere. It's just certain things. Yes, it's that accumulation that can sometimes just, you know, um, finding your individual tolerance level is really important. Yeah. So So what was... what, how constipated were you prior to joining and what specifically, like, did you, um, it was like you were going maybe a couple of times a week, weren't you? Yeah. Or sometimes even a week, it would take like a week would go by and you hadn't passed a, a poo. Yeah. And when I did, it was either like rabbit. Yep. Poos like little whatever or it was like a flare-up as I now know it's called like a full emptying you feel like you need a bucket to vomit in at the same time sorry like very graphic but like (laughs) sorry I love this this topic (laughs) not everyone else will so sorry for everyone else tuning in (laughs) like it's like a full body meltdown so it was either like that little rabbit turds or like a full body meltdown and they just rotate it so yeah it didn't happen very often and I did drink a lot of coffee so I think that was probably like masking it a little bit like I didn't I don't know like it was contributing to it but then sometimes when I would have one it would be right after someone made like a super strong coffee 
Mm, But also, can you remember how I was like, dude, like you're not going to the bathroom, you know, up to a week sometimes and you're drinking multiple coffees a day, which is technically a laxative. So, um, you know, as a practitioner, I was like, whoa, like there is some serious constipation going on in your case um, because, Mm. you know, one single coffee can give some people you know, profuse diarrhea because of the laxative effect. So in somebody who, you know, has severe constipation like yourself and is, you know, drinking a lot of coffee, it even, you know, I remember saying to you, it's like, whoa, I really think um, you're actually more constipated than you think. Well, and I think that's probably still the case because I just lived with it. I didn't really pay attention to it. I just knew it wasn't right. Mm. So like, I would never know how often I went. It just wasn't often and I think the really funny thing about it is when you're young not young Carly but like young Brittany who's not interested in health (laughs) like the the less poo the better like Mm -hmm. I was like I don't want to be in university and sharing dorm rooms and like a share house with people and be using the toilet like Mm. the more constipated the better in that yeah. situation it's you know convenient I mean? and it, I think oh. a lot of people can relate to that because a lot of people I speak to have that fear of using the bathroom at work um, or depending on their jobs um, and then that bowel loses the um, the connection you know that mind body yeah. urge and sensation to um, in the peristalsis of the bowel to actually move it becomes unconditioned and then we've got even bigger things and we almost need to then retrain the back the bowel as well so um you, yeah that's a very interesting point well I guess it was bad enough that I have had and still like sometimes we'll get hemorrhoids from them mm. so I guess that means it had to be quite bad definitely I don't yeah. know <laughs> so if that answers the question I guess that's it <laughs> it was bad constipation it was and so how did that improve like can you paint the picture a little bit of like you went from things being that bad from a constipation perspective to then during the program and then maybe a little bit about what your stools are like at the moment yeah well I've stopped tracking them at the moment and I know when we were in the program I'm just quickly looking at my phone to see if I can find it I got an app I think it was just like a poo log yeah here it is Mm-hmm. so like in April when we were just like I would have just started downloading this app I was going twice a day all of a sudden yeah mm-hmm. like consistently twice a day um and then I could like describe what it was and then I would say yeah in month two I went three days without having one and when I had logged it I said it was like a constipated type poo because you could log your stool type. And then the days after that, I could kind of notice things. So I stopped tracking it when it got regular. I think because it was like, this is just normal now. I'm not mm-hmm. going to do it. Became um, a new normal. That's right. And since I have been in Canada, like there's been nice things about the program. Obviously, like I feel like I have much more freedom in what I can eat now than what I did last time I was home in Canada. But I also am a lot more educated on what I probably shouldn't eat, even though like, hi, I'm in Canada. I have so many cravings for things I loved when I was in high school that I realize now are just totally terrible for you. Um, And I still want to have them once while I'm here, but I can tell right away it's no good for my body. Probably not for anybody's body, but especially mine. And I can note that stuff. 
but I haven't been great with my supplements that I've been here. So I wouldn't say that I'm like on a super regular schedule, but I'm still not constipated yeah. here. Like I don't awesome. feel constipated. I never am bloated. I could count on one hand how many times I've been bloated since I started the program with you. So that's something I used to always be. And we go out for dinner or a meal quite often when we get the chance here. And that's when I used to always bloat. I remember going out for dinner and being mm. like, what am I going to wear? Cause I have to worry about bloating. And I never, ever, 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 ever experienced bloating now. Um, so that's so something awesome. That, yeah, I notice. So yeah, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm constipated. I don't feel like I'm on the best at the moment, but I know, and we've talked about before, there's things I still, I'm not finished the program yet. I'm the slowest <laughs> student you've ever had, I'm sure. Um, I'm still taking all of my things. The herbs slowed me down a little bit, but the taste of when, them. Yeah. But I think just like the chaotic <laughs> schedule, it comes back to self-care and I'm not good at it. So like in the morning, allocating myself the time to like do it. And I guess being here, we've been moving around quite a bit between different places. So like getting in that routine of taking them. So I know that like for the next week, if I started taking everything again to finish the program, because I'm still like in the third, the final kind of bit, then it would do even more for what mm -hmm. I am experiencing now. But right now, yeah, I'm feeling the best I've felt health-wise in a long well ever I would say I think like the biggest thing to take away in your case is that you don't have to be this perfect health robot like you know you don't have to enter a program and stick to it a hundred percent you know no it, it can be flexible and adaptable and you know Sometimes you're going to fall off the wagon, but I think if you are able to continue to take the crux of it and having that awareness is also really important so that if it's like, okay, well, okay, maybe this week I did feel worse, but you can then start to identify, well, it's probably because I went out and had a pizza and a beer um, and I'm never yeah. going to really feel great when I eat a pizza and a beer, right? Um, mm. But maybe your recovery is better or, you know, you have less symptoms when you do that or maybe you're no longer like going to get constipated for a week after doing something like that. Um, so I think it's a really nice reflection in, in, in the case that, you know, you've kind of had some normality come back into your life and just dis and disruption and obviously you know going from Australia over to Canada and lifestyle changes so you're doing incredibly well um given you know so many of the factors that have changed um while doing the program yeah oh even I I think I've done well <laughs> <laughs> Yes, always be proud of yourself, um, even if it's, you know, not always exactly how you pictured it to be or felt like I think you've got to celebrate all of the wins, whether they're small, large or, yeah, no matter the size. Yeah, you were big on wins in the program, big on wins. Even when we couldn't find a win, you would make us find a win. And there's always a win in your week, always, always. You just need to sometimes strip it back mm. and figure it out. Mm -hmm. yep. So important. Um, so I don't think we as human beings um, celebrate enough. Um, you know, even in my business, sometimes I can be like, I can achieve like this really awesome thing and then just let that cruise on. And it's like, yeah. hang on, like, why aren't we actually celebrating these awesome things that we're achieving in our life? Um, because I, I don't know, I think that sends messages to the universe um, about, you know, your health or what you're doing and, and um, sends that positive energy back in yeah 
Um, so do you have, I, I mean, we're probably nearly ready to wrap up, but do you maybe before we say goodbye, have any advice or like final comments about people or to people, sorry, um, that might have IBS and SIBO and be experiencing the same thing as you um, and who might uh, be considering working with myself or doing the program? Is there anything else, like anything you'd like to say to them? Yeah, just stop waiting. <laughs> like that's really all you're doing. Well, I sound very like passive telling people that, <laughs> but that's all I was doing. Like I was just sitting there being like, at what point am I going to be ready to actually commit? Like, it's just internal, like just do it because you'll thank yourself later. I mean, we're coming up to Christmas now. If you know, you're going to have to avoid a bunch of stuff or you're going to binge eat it all and then feel like crap and have flare ups over Christmas like know that next Christmas it doesn't have to be that way Sorry, I love holidays. I love like <laughs> social outings now are different like I am a very social person and I always love socializing but now socializing looks differently for me because I'm not feeling like crap the day after or the night of and I'm still allowing myself drinks and food like I don't miss out on anything now so really, it was five weeks of like kind of really working on the food and missing some things. And then after that, it was super cruisy. And also, we didn't talk about like the group coaching. That was so fun. And I really miss my little people in my group. So if they're listening, hi. I wish <laughs> our groups had names because I would call us like Beta Delta or whatever, like a sorority. Really fun. Really it's cool such people. a beautiful community, isn't it? Like to be surrounded yeah. by other people going through the same stuff as you, um, but different at the same time. Like I, sometimes I get off those calls and just feel so amazing, um, you know, and I've got a completely different group now compared to when you were in there. And it's, I don't know, I feel like I almost attract the right people at the right time and they're in there doing it together yeah. for a reason. I just, I get almost like goosebumpy. It's really cool. So I'm glad. Yeah, you I that. really like that part. And I was always sad when people joined and didn't come to the group chat. And I think nearing the end of the program, I would forget about them or I would be like, I don't have anything to report this week. But then you actually miss the people, mm. like hearing them talk about their wins and stuff too. And I think about the people all the time. So definitely something if you're going to invest in the program, do the group coaching because it's not even group coaching. It's individual coaching within like a group setting. Um, and then Carly does so much education in her portal about like managing when you go out for meals and social settings. And it, like there's a whole educational library that comes with it. So definitely do it. Stop waiting. You're only holding yourself back. And yeah, just do it. Thank you silly. so much. That's awesome. <laughs> It's been no, an absolute awesome. pleasure you. having you um, and it's been really nice to touch base. Um, obviously, we're having a little bit of a chat before we jumped on the podcast about, you know, where you're at and what's happening for you and your family um, over to Canada. And I really hope you get back here like and become <laughs> like, you know, you need to come back to Australia so that you can adapt our Aussie accent. I know. Like, I'm ready. It's been oh. 10 years. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I might even like go for my citizenship I don't know I'll do it <laughs> I just need to get back in we just need to get back in so we'll work on that I can't wait to hear that um awesome well thank you again for joining um and yeah have a beautiful Christmas and new year over in Canada thank you you too
Bye. Bye. Did you like what you heard? Leave us a review. If you'd like to learn more about my Nourish Gut program or the Nourish Gut Kids membership, head over to my website. Would you like to be a part of a community that gets it? Join our Facebook group, Nourish Gut Community, or come and follow me over on Instagram. All of these links can be found in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time on the Nourish Gut Podcast.